0: I would describe the pain as being like torture. I mean, there were times when all I wanted to do was just crawl into a hole and literally die.
1: It's a continuous, burning, throbbing pain that just gets at you. It's actually like somebody
2: has stuck a knife in my back. It's like a hot poker in my back and it is there all the time. It's
3: down my arm as well. As I sit here, my feet are... you would think you had boiling water running through your system.
4: You know, I've got into the shower sometimes and I've actually screamed and had to just turn off the shower because it's like as if somebody was putting just needles through uh, through my skin.
2: I was... A nurse and on night duty in, and coming to the end of my night's work and I sat down to have a cup of coffee and sat down on a stool and the stool literally fell apart when I sat on it and I was catapulted backwards and fell very awkwardly onto um, a sharp edge. And as a result, um, as a result of this horrific fall, I damaged my brachial plexus, which is the area at the back of my shoulder. And instantly had horrific pain in my face and down my right arm and my back. Only through time and from seeing several different doctors did I realise the extent of the injury and the severity of the pain which is now 10 years ago and I have actually never had a moment without pain since that. The sad thing about it is that nobody can see it um, and you have to try and try and bring it along with you. It's your, it's your constant companion, like it or not.
0: I was stationary at a roundabout and I had my two children in the back seat of the car and next thing I knew a guy in a van just whacked into the back of me. What I did notice was a uh, numbness travelling around the, the, the top of my my the roof of my mouth, which was very unpleasant. But when I got out uh, to talk to the driver and sort of organise the usual things, you know, get the guards to come, I noticed the pain starting at the base of my head. And by the time the guards had come, which was probably about ten or fifteen minutes, it was then at the base of my spine, so it had sort of travelled the whole way down, really from the very beginning. Uh, I was in pain the pain had started um, and the next day be Monday morning I went to the GP and he said oh you know you've had a whiplash and prescribed anti-inflammatories and said you know rest for a few days which I duly did went back to work but didn't notice any improvement at all Um if anything I was getting more stiff and the pain seemed to sort of be getting more persistent rather than abating Um, I thought, well, by Christmas, surely I'll be over this, which, of course, didn't happen. And I sort of fast forward that to about, you know, two years. um, I would say that the pain was actually came to a head probably after about two years. It sort of plateaued at what I would describe as excruciating pain, either severe headaches, pain down my left arm, pain in my left shoulder blade, pain in my lower back, going down, radiating down my left leg.
1: Five years ago, I was involved in a road traffic accident and it wasn't a major traffic accident. But as it turned out, it turned out to be a very, very major issue in my life. And it wasn't a serious injury to me at the time. There was, It wasn't a, a mechanical injury. It was an internal injury to, as it turned out, the nerves in my knee. And for a long, long time, I couldn't understand as time went on why the violent pain that I was suffering in my knee um, I suppose to try and get you to understand it clearly the pain was probably like the most violent toothache you ever experienced but you can't get rid of the toothache if it was a toothache you go to a dentist get the toothache and was a short while after that your pain has gone away but in my situation the chronic pain was just stuck there in under the knee constant constant, constant, just coming at you day and night, seven days a week, just there the whole time. And it's very, very hard in the early stages to understand what you were going through yourself, not even to try and ask other people to understand what you were going through. So it's just such a major issue to yourself that you have to try and learn how to deal with it ever, ever, before anybody can try and understand it themselves.
5: We're not sure why some people get chronic pain and some people don't get chronic pain. In other words, um, there's not enough research or research hasn't been completed in this whole area. One interesting idea would be whether genetics has something to do with it, for example, because you could ask the same question in terms of operations. Some people come in for a routine hernia operation and they go home and they're fine and they're back to work within a few weeks. And other patients have, are coming back into hospital three years later, attending a pain clinic. So what is the difference there? Maybe science, genetics, etc., will give us some answers in, in due course.
4: I can remember being at a dinner party and there was about eight people there and I spent a lot of time in the garden sitting on a swing crying and I know I actually did not eat one morsel of food. Um, I just played with the food around my plate. I felt as if I was about a million miles away from the other people um, who were there. I didn't know what was happening to me. I'd never experienced this before. I didn't know anything about chronic pain um, and it's almost like as if I was this very confident person beforehand. I knew where I was, what I was doing and where I wanted to go and then through this constant pain, day in, day out, I became what I would call a zombie um, I didn't know who I was anymore. I wasn't functioning very well. Um, I was trying to hide the fact that I wasn't well from my family and um, I didn't know anyone else who was like me.
6: During the first year, I thought, I honestly thought that um, I could go back to work as a foreman, as an active foreman. And then I, it was explained to me about, about people being a liability and not having the full... Not being um, operational in a hundred percent, so then Penny started to drop at me that um, that uh, I wouldn't be able to do. I wouldn't be able to do the the, uh, the courses that is suspected that is of firemen in active firemen, and so that's you know I just couldn't carry on or operate the same way. It's a terrible sensation, it's a terrible one fellow, one who was a friend of mine says to me, Well, Jimmy says, You're on the you're on the scrap heap now, you know. And that was really you know, I said to myself, Does this man is he trying to insult me or is he trying to he's certainly not trying to book up my competence anyway. And um, which he didn't, but what he said was literally true. I mean that uh, I'm not able to do what I was, carry out my duties, but the way I used to be able to carry it or do the work that I was able to do, I'm not able to do it.
2: It was a very gradual and I think even maybe our psyche can't take it on. I was a very gradual realisation. You know, you just don't it it's not a light that comes on or a switch that comes on. It was I was even though I was told quite early on that there was very severe damage and that this was the outlook. I I just didn't take it on board. I think I had to be told quite a few times before it gradually dawned on me. And then I have an indomitable character and will that I didn't pass any remarks of what I was told, that I was going to get better and I was going to go back playing tennis and come back doing all the things I wanted to do. So it was actually all the more painful because it, it was a gradual, it's 10 years now and I'm still, I still look in the papers every day for a job. Every day, I look to see could I do this and could I do that. There's so many things I want to do, and it's so soul destroying, and it's very sad. But either I, you can either make a triumph or a tragedy out of something, and I either learn to live with this because it's the only shot I have. So I either go under or you try and do something positive with it. I
0: could no longer garden. I couldn't swim. I found walking extremely difficult. I really found working at that stage impossible. I just found, I had a lot of paperwork to do. I found sitting at my desk very difficult. I found having my head bent to read or write very difficult. Um, And I felt really I was, I would say, sinking. I, I just could not manage. I could not cope myself. I couldn't understand why I couldn't cope. I couldn't understand why I couldn't get on top of the pain, so to speak. I couldn't understand... Why, even though I was taking medication, the pain was not being alleviated really at all. I found the anti-inflammatories making me very ill. My, I was getting cramp, pains in my stomach, severe pains in my stomach. So all in all, I would describe it as a mess. By by sort of the end of a two-year period, I would say that I felt I was in an absolute mess, in a hole. Then the uh, the orthopaedic surgeon, as I said, referred me to the pain specialist and I thought, at last, this is is great. And when I first attended, um, which was around about two years post-accident, I remember the words of the pain specialist, this is not in your head. This is not something that we can cure, but we can manage it. Um, And that will take time to work out what would be the best form of treatment. And I was hugely relieved. Primarily because somebody had told me this was not in my head and that was my big um, psychological problem at that stage was I had come to think I must be imagining this. And I also used to think one morning I will wake up and be gone or I'll say to myself, Gina, you know, this is going to go away and you're going to make it go away.
1: When it's there in the earlier stages, you're just, it drives you to, you're frustrated, you're annoyed, you're angry. You're in bad form, you don't want help, you can't explain it. And it's only then you realise that it's chronic pain. And in the earlier stages, you knew nothing about chronic pain because you didn't know where you were starting from. This just happened and it's there and it's there for the last five years. Now, in the last five years, I've learned to understand about chronic pain. I've learned to cope to a certain extent after many, many I've, tremendous amount of medication, injections, nerve blocks and in my situation, uh, a spinal cord implant. So with all of that, I've come to learn and to somehow deal with my pain on a daily basis.
7: It's very upsetting and I think it takes people in chronic pain a long time to kind of realise that they could have this forever and they have to stop waiting for it to go away and start managing the pain and living with chronic pain rather than waiting for it to go. I saw back
4: an ad in the back of the Irish Times where I somebody who talked to your muscles and would cure your pain. So I went to that lady um, and that was the greatest waste of money ever and I definitely should have been certified um, for going there. I have had... um, Oh, chiropractors I've had osteopaths I've had every kind of massage that you could possibly even um, imagine and at one point I suppose pre my pain management days if somebody told me you know to drink something run around naked on a green and I would be better I would have done it because you are so desperate and you will and, and people at I suppose because you're so desperate, people can actually um, can actually use you in that respect. So um, it, I think everybody has to find the treatment that's suitable for them. Um, I learned that maybe this is it and that I just have to learn to manage my chronic pain as opposed to looking for this cure, which probably wasn't going to happen.
0: Uh, I, I got a long enough relief from the pain to, I suppose, reconstruct my life and... Um, I wouldn't actually be able to accept what had happened, and I think accepting the situation is um, a very difficult thing to do, but a very important and necessary thing to do. Everybody with chronic pain will ha- will, will 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 come to that point at a different time. Um, I think we'll, we'll we'll come to that realization, um, and certainly from my own point of view, I just feel that that was a very necessary milestone because. The way, the way things were, the way my life was, will never be again.
8: Painkillers don't work. They kind of um, fob it a little bit or fog it over a little bit. But any painkillers I've taken, they actually don't work. I don't take anything. I just, I take nothing. I don't even take anything to sleep. They've recommended antidepressants to kind of uh, lift your mood a bit because naturally your mood would be down, but they don't work either. Um, in fact, nothing works. Like I could put, I've tried everything. I've even gone as far as ha- Harley Street. And I'd say since I got the condition twenty years ago, I've at least spent a hundred grand to put it mildly. And um, I don't have a medical card. I just have a pension from work, uh, an early retirement, you know, package. And um, so that's I'm that's what I'm managing on.
2: Remember my kids, actually, there were um I had five five kids, and they were all late primary school, secondary school, and they reckoned they got away with blue murder because when I was on the morphine that I was in a total on a different planet altogether um but it certainly wasn't reality, and I didn't take the pain away, so I had to face the reality of doing without it.
4: the amount of money that you have to spend on. Doctors, physiotherapists, specialists, scans you name it, and it is. I'm sure I could buy a three bedroom house with what I have um, spent and what I am still spending, and that in itself is a
3: huge worry. I became addicted to the morphine. I got it very, very difficult to live with this and get off with it or get away from it, but. uh, the help good help of my I suppose excellent uh, surgeon in the matter hospital I've now I'm down to five milligrams of liquid form in the day but I must say this is very very difficult Michael it is difficult to take difficult to live with and difficult to carry on I suppose sometimes you get immune to this and uh, you'd often say why am I taking it but I mean if you stop taking it the body will start letting you know uh, what you've been, where you've been and what you've been and what and the needs.
0: Um, sort of started a, a process of um, getting, uh, trying different medications and then trying um, nerve blocks. And you would think, well, that's great. You, you've, you've got a pain specialist. Everything is fine now. Everything will be under control. But it was a very hit and miss affair, um, medication that you you know, you hoped would work and didn't work, um, nerve blocks that you thought, yes, this is great, I will get relief, you find out they didn't work or sometimes they maybe only worked for a short period of time. The intrusion of having those tr- procedures done, which is not pleasant. And all the time feeling that... You know, there is no way out of this and the pain at, you know, being absolutely horrendous. And this is going on
2: year after year after year. Even against advice of doctors, I mean, there was times when I was taking up to 14, 16, 20 tablets a day just to anything to ease. Even though all my nursing training told me not to do this, I would do anything. I even at one stage was hoping cannabis to be legalised and I tried that too. I would do anything. Like if I was told right now to go and sit, sit in a bucket down in Ackle Island for a week, I'd do it. I would do anything to get my life back. I've had bleeding. I've had from side effects from anti-inflammatories. I've had every side effect that there is. So now
7: I've actually reduced right back. Um, The accident happened when I was 10 and I'm 19 now. So that's nine years I have been in chronic pain and that's constant pain, um, um, constant pain for nine years. I've tried a lot of medications and um, I've had a lot of severe side effects from different medications, uh, ranging from uh, kind of uh, feeling very, very sick, Being dizzy, hardly being able to kind of walk and being that kind of dizzy. Um, Tremors is another one. I would be shaking for, I think, two days. I shuck nonstop. Um, So that can be very traumatic. It's not just the accident and the pain, which is kind of that... um, affects your life. It, it's everything in general. It's the, it's the medications. It's the having to go to doctors. It's having procedures. It's not being able to go out with your friends or not being able to work or have an end. Like my education has definitely suffered from because I've missed so much school. When I'm in school, I was found it very hard to concentrate.
1: In The initial stage, your family, in particular, my wife, she found it very hard to understand why I had changed so much. She understood I was in pain. She probably didn't understand the amount of pain that I was in because in my situation, I suppose, the old term, big boys don't cry. But I cried with the pain. I still do cry with the pain. I have to have some release of the pain. But my family, my wife... And my immediate family, they understand now. But in the earlier stages, they didn't understand because I didn't understand. And when you were asked, Michael, why why do you feel this way? Why why are you being the way that you are? Why are you being snappy to me? Why are you being snappy to the girls? Why are you being snappy to your brother and to your family? But thats you don't realise you're going through this until something happens. You say, well, I have to do something. They right? I'm wrong. This pain has taken my life over.
4: Most people get reactive depression from it and it's very, very normal. And people in the beginning don't realise what's happening to them. And um, then it's also social because you've got people not believing them, people saying, oh, snap out of it. Um, other people saying, oh, but you look so well. And I think this is the thing that affects people most is people saying you look so well because automatically the chronic pain patient says oh they don't believe me they think I'm just putting this on and when you're in pain the whole time uh, it's it's just horrible to think that that you are being questioned and until you get to the stage where you are just very confident with your pain and that you don't care what people say um, it is a huge huge factor in I think Um, making people's depression worse and alienating them from other people as well because people don't actually know. We've all lost friends because they don't know how to treat us.
6: Uh, Between my wife and my children, it has affected them. See, not only was I the patient, but also they weren't the patient, but my life obviously affected them directly directly. And um, I didn't understand at the time how this was happening, but announced to me it was affecting them as well. And um, it's just true learning to understand that this man, like my wife has said, that when I walked out the door that day ten years ago, a different man walked back. That's the only way of answering it correctly, uh, meaning that I wasn't the same guy that came, that came, came back. I'm not, I'm not the same, same particular person before the accident as I am now, but I've just tried to learn to cope.
7: It can be very difficult because uh, many people don't understand because with chronic pain, I kind of, I put on my makeup, I go out, I, I look normal. I can walk down the road, but um, I'm in constant pain. So people find it very hard to understand how you can kind of look well and be in constant pain. And especially one day I could bend down and tie my shoelace. The next day I can't do that. I've lost a lot of friends because of the chronic pain, because they just don't understand. And it's actually just too upsetting for me to try and every day explain to them why I can't go out and why I can't do this and why I can do uh, some activity some days and not the next. So I, I have one or two very good friends who have kind of, understood and stayed with me. But um, I definitely lost a lot of friends because of chronic pain.
1: At times it can be very, very annoying for me because I look healthy, although I need a stick to walk because of um, the difficulty I have. But if I didn't have the stick, people would probably say, well, there's nothing wrong with him because it is an invisible pain. Now, in my own town, I very seldom go down my own town. For that reason, because I'm being stopped day after day. How are you? What's this? What's that? And I am gone past the stage of trying to explain. My life is controlled by pain. I have enough to deal with myself without trying to explain what I'm going through to somebody else who more than likely is not going to understand it.
9: If somebody says to you that they're diabetic, you tend to accept that at face value. Whereas if someone says to you they're in chronic pain, but if they're looking well, the the people don't believe that they're in chronic pain. They say, you look well, how can you be in pain? Pull yourself together, do something to take your mind off the pain. And this is very upsetting for people who have chronic pain. So the irish chronic pain association are running a pain awareness campaign to try and increase general awareness both among general practitioners and clinicians as well as the general public so that chronic pain will be a recognised condition in its own right and people won't have to constantly justify themselves when they say they have chronic pain
2: you see you can't you can't bore people either because as i said it's very hard to have that concept first of all that somebody has pain 24 hours a day you know, even to think, think about it like someone that is in constant, constant, constant pain. It's, it's just, it's incredible. It's an incredible image anyway. So how can people understand? And either you're going to be there talking about it all the time. People really don't want to know. But as I said, that's where your strength has to come along. You have to learn not to get upset and not to be, to take it personally if people aren't over effusive in their pity or their, But it's an awareness. I think the best thing is to make people aware that it is an issue. To be in such terrible pain and then not to be
0: believed or doubted is just a very, very difficult burden to carry. Ultimately, I think one has to just forget about what other people think and just realise, you know, I suppose you're battling with this on your own with just a few people who are supportive and understand. And one of the reasons why I think the association, the Chronic Pain Association is invaluable to people is because I'll never forget the first time I went and I could not believe that other people were going through what I was going and had the same, were going through the same psychological problems. And that is just a great relief.
8: I'd have to know them pretty well to tell them in case I'd get, Sort of possibly ignored or fobbed off because I look fine, and that's that's the one people tend to judge on you and how you look. I suppose that's the only way they can but um and then they don 't seem to remember because once you look okay, they don 't go beyond that so um it's very tiresome, you know, actually explain yourself. and But people are judgmental and they, they'll form their opinions. And it's normally negative if you're not up to scratch or you're not progressing at the same rate and making, you know, progress. They either let you go or you, they'll actually, they won't respect you the way that one needs to be respected with, with a condition. They just, once you look okay, that's it. Yeah. I made quite a close friend there and uh, even with her, I find that she does forget and it's very hard to take because you say, oh God, you know, does anybody... It's a very, it's a very lone, um, it's, you know, it's very, you're very much on your own in fibre manager, very much so.
3: Now, when I go into a, a restaurant or a cafe or even for a cup of coffee and I think as you saw, when you met me today, I would... I will now sit with my back in the cor- to the corner of uh, of the room, or beside a wall, where nobody will come behind me, and maybe, you know, say, "How will you hit you on the back?" But uh, uh, you're always, uh, I suppose, uh, aware of what you know, Knox and everything else can do. And uh, I suppose anybody looking at me would say, "Listen, I can't believe that you're." you know, suffering so much. But if they were in our house at night, I think as I said to you earlier on, uh, I've watched the Iraqi war on television. Even last night I watched sport from three o'clock on. Um, To get two hours sleep at night is a bonus.
1: Well, you do deal with things on a day-to-day basis. If, for argument's sake, I had to go or I knew I was going out for a meal tonight, I would have to plan for that meal. I would go to bed for a couple of hours to try and get some relaxation into me. I, If my meal was at eight o'clock or half past eight, hopefully, with luck on my side, I might last an hour, an hour and a half out but I will have to come home because the pain will just take over and rather than destroy the night for the pe- the company I'm in, I will just have to say, I'll leave you to it now, I'm heading away. And that's how, that's just a small example. Even down to socialising, the day of socialising is gone as far as I'm concerned. My normal life is gone and I'm dealing as best I possibly can with what I have. You have to pace. Well, pacing is to try and not bring on the major flare-up. You have to... You know yourself, the level of pain you're in. And if you push yourself that bit farther, you're going to bring on the high level of pain because there is a level of pain that you're in all day long. And if you push yourself that far, you just go into a, a severe desperate, unbearable pain and that's what you're trying to pace against.
4: I know my son a while ago touched me on the uh, arm to say that something was ready and it was like as if he had given me a kick and yet it was a very normal kind of touch but it's, it's one's whole body, all these neurotransmitters that send messages to, you know, up and down the body they're in a state of chasis as well so um, it's just everything is, is amplified um, and that's why noise as well I couldn't go into a shopping centre now that is my worst nightmare is people noise um, and I thrived on that before I was the best shopper in Ireland and uh, now I hate going near
7: shops if I was to go out for a day, I first of all, I would only have, be able to decide that morning to see how I slept, how the pain was. And when I went out then, I would have to make sure I would have somewhere to lie down. I would have places to rest. I wouldn't be walking too long or sitting too long. Even going to the cinema, I can't sit for a film. I would have to get an aisle seat and kind of be able to walk every half hour. Well, people with chronic pain, because of all the problems as
9: well as the pain that they have to deal with in terms of lack of sleep and fatigue and so on, um, they need to plan their activities and they really don't like the word pacing. And sometimes it's better to ask them just to, to do things wisely rather than to say the word pacing. But if you're feeling quite good some particular day, it's very important that you don't try to do everything that day, that you do leave some things till the next day because you can, in fact, completely wear yourself out. And if you overdo it, then you could be back in bed for three or four days or even a week. So it's a sensible thing to do is to try and pace your activities. But it is very, very difficult to do that.
2: The vibration of sitting into the car to go out to the gate is enough to trigger and to make it 10 times worse. So I have to decide how badly I need to go somewhere. Like I have had occasions where very, very good friends have died and passed away and I wasn't able to go to their funeral. Because I was in so much pain. And then being here on my own and crying my eyes out because I wasn't able to go. And then feeling second best because I'm very hard on myself. You know, I've had to live with all that. My daughter's graduation, I missed it. My son scored five tries at rugby once. I didn't see it. You don't get those things back again. And I really, nobody in their right mind would choose to stay at home. But And then you have to learn to still like yourself, you know, even though you punish yourself terribly for, well, I do, for not doing all the things that I want to do, you know. Um, so therefore you, you prioritise things. I don't go shopping anymore because why waste the bit of energy I have loading groceries? So I ring up for my groceries and you have to learn how to ask for help as well. Rather than, I mean, I would always be so easy to give, but it's very hard to ask for help.
4: Now, if I go to do a task that before would have taken me, say, two hours, now it's broken up into maybe doing 15 minutes one day, maybe 15 minutes the next day. It's frustrating, it's boring, it's horrible, but it's the only way I can do things. So it really is living life in a very different um, pace and a very different uh, manner. And whereas before, I would have had a huge capacity for work um and I could work day and night um now if if I were to overdo something on a particular day, I could spend three days asleep getting over it i mean I'm famous um in the local shops for um going in my pyjamas with a coat on over it but everybody knows at this stage they can see my slippers at the end of my pyjamas because getting out of bed and getting dressed is even just such a trial sometimes and if I do go to the shop for milk or bread or whatever it has to be there's no point in getting dressed because that takes energy uh, for five minutes and getting back into bed, I don't go to the supermarket anymore. A friend of mine, um, or a son, my son will go and do my supermarket shopping, because that takes energy, and I could cook a dinner, or or do something with my sons, um, with um, that energy, and um, it is almost as if I have this most precious, precious thing in my hand, like gold dust and. That is my energy and I've got to use that in the most productive manner that I possibly can and it's, it's almost like as if I've got to be so careful the way I, I hand it out or the way I use it.
5: I think it's very important to bring patients together as as groups Um, one of the first things that patients comment on at the end of the program is that they've found it refreshing Or uh, one of the the important aspects of the program was to discover that other patients have this condition and a lot of these patients battle with a condition that isn't recognised and that they get to the point where they they stop talking about it um, because they feel that they they don't understand it and others don't understand it and they withdraw and if you factor into that it's very common for these patients of a sleep disturbance is very common for these patients to end up getting depressed with it. So like if you have a low mood, um, you haven't slept for a while, you have a problem that has been investigated and treated but hasn't got any better, well you can really work out why an individual can end up feeling quite isolated. So one aspect of the program is to bring patients together and to teach them about how chronic pain comes about, to get them to exercise again, to give them simple psychological strategies to uh, manage pain on an ongoing basis, to teach them stress management techniques and to allow them to become more proactive again because a lot of the time they've become reactive and they've withdrawn. So you allow the, the programme allows them to become proactive.
10: You don't want to bore people. You know, you're bored talking about yourself, you know. Um, and then we, you go to your doctors and you're referred from one to the other. Um, initially, for me, when I uh, did the pain management course, it was a real eye-opener because the manual, uh, was I was in there, you know, I could see it, I could read it. I wasn't the only one, you know. So that, for me, was great. It gave some hope, some light yeah, at the end of the tunnel, yeah.
9: yeah. It made the difference then that you knew you weren't on your own. You, you had the support there of the group because um, you were all in the same boat. You might have had a different areas of pain, but generally it was the same boat and you were coming together and managing it yourself, beginning to start and supporting each other, yeah. You yeah, had people believing that you had that problem, you know, whereas before you didn't.
0: Yeah, you don't have to explain to one another, you can just no. feel the support, you know, just sitting down all together. No, none of us here have discussed actually no. our individual pains, no. but yet we know we're here supporting one another and we know what each one is going through.
2: I would have thought this, there would have been a cure eventually, but now I, I know I think everybody went through that, they went yes, through a series
9: yeah. of doctors, they went yes. through a series of treatments, medications over the years, and you just come to realise this is it, you're going to have to live with it you going do to have to
5: manage it yourself. That's the doctors, you, you,
6: once you have been through that for, for a long spell with your local GP and even the, the specialists, you find that there is nothing more they can do for you. You've, you've been living in hope that maybe it was, but this management course has helped us, the pain management
10: has helped us to, to realise that we can do a lot more for ourselves. You could also end up with two problems instead of one. With the medication, if you're taking medication all the time, uh, like in particular, my wife would, would look at me. She said, "You know, you're you're over when you're on the medication. You're there, but you're not there. If you know what I mean, you're just you're up to the head to a certain extent. So you try and get a balance. You only take it if you really have to." Yeah.
2: I feel I feel very angry sometimes. Yeah, I felt very angry. I've wondered why. I mean, I had a brilliant career as a nurse. I have all my friends, my colleagues, my work. Financially, you, you, I've lost my, my income. So, um, yes, I'm angry. When I see my friends, um, they've all moved on. Because I feel, and sometimes I feel that my, my life has remained static.
1: Chronic pain is like a debt because it changes your whole life. It's like your life has been taken away. And you have to learn. You have to, you grieve for that life. You want it back, but you can't get it back. So you change your life. And now you have to deal with the new life that you have. And that's a life with chronic pain. And it's bit by bit. It's the simple things that now you have to take pleasure out of. Not the things you were used to doing before. They're gone.
4: Chronic pain is the biggest thief of the lot because it robs you of absolutely everything. Um, it robs you of you um, as the person you knew. It robs you of you having control over your life. Um, you're so It robs you of a social life, of your job, of your income, um, of your family. Uh, absolutely, there's not one area of your life that's not affected.
1: I have a very strong hatred towards my pain. I personally feel that I have been Jesus. You know, at 47, the pain came into me. And now at 52, the pain is still there. And there doesn't seem to be any end or any light at the end of the tunnel. So yes, I'm angry about my pain. But I deal with my anger. But it's there.